Hey, welcome back, guys. Uh, just want to say, sorry we've been gone for so long. I know things got really hectic on my end at work. Um, ben, I'm pretty sure things got really hectic on your end, too, right? Oh, yeah. So, but good news, we're back. We're at it again. We didn't forget about everybody. Uh, so, we actually have The Conjuring coming up this week. Actually, that is this episode. So, we have The Conjuring right now. Um, we actually recorded a new intro just to kind of say welcome back and, uh, yeah, so some of the topics we talk about, when did we record this? We recorded The Conjuring, like, when was it? Like, uh, when did that come out? Like, end of July? We we talked about, I know, I remember distinctly, we, we talked about movies that are already out now. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, not end of July. It, it was like the end of June where we recorded it, so. yeah. So, not July. But uh yeah, July July was hectic. Like that's why July is on my mind. July was just a very very busy month um for me at my my new job and I know it was like prime day or something for all you Amazon mm-hmm. people out there. But uh we we noticed that even though we took a little break, you all were still listening to our show. So that's great. Thank you so much for continuing your support of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did notice that. Uh, yeah, um, our listen, our listenerships. So it wouldn't be a viewership. Is it a listenership? Yeah, it listens, downloads. You know, whatever. Listens, We're... download. Okay, not listenership though, because you got viewership but not listenership. Okay. Well. Yeah, and we're we're almost at a hundred, uh, hundred listens. I think overall for the show. Uh, so I think far. it's a hundred downloads that we're almost at. So, but yeah, so like everything, everything's keeps adding up so we keep getting more and more so uh yeah thank you for that thank you for uh spreading the word and and keep listening i guess enjoy the enjoy the episode (laughs) yeah absolutely oh oh almost forgot so we did say that at the end of this our outro says that we're gonna watch a movie next week um i forgot what the movie was i didn't edit it um i think ben edited this one uh, we didn't watch the movie, no. so instead next week, uh, what we're giving you is because The Conjuring is our tenth review. Yay! Woo! So we're actually gonna do a top ten countdown for and compare our lists. So I got my top ten list, and Ben's got his top ten list, and we'll see uh, whose is better. Just so you know, it's gonna be mine. Well, yeah, better, but also like to to kind of rehash how we felt about the movies, but. But in comparison to each other, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't. I I do not remember the scores I gave these movies. Ah, uh, me either. I didn't really base so, it off that. No, I just kind of was like, hmm. in the moment, I was like, which one do I think I like more now? So, so that's what's actually going to be coming up next week. Um, other than that, enjoy the Conjuring. Ooh, spooky! Two guys in a movie. Let's uh let's start out with some movie news. Movie news. This one on John Wick, chapter four. Now, first things first, if you haven't seen the first three John Wick movies, go watch them right now before I stop talking. Because they're incredible. They are the best action movies to have come out in the last twenty years. By far. Yes, absolutely. And I kind of feel like this like Sylvester Stallone wanted to reinvigorate the action genre with Expendables, but he didn't do it. No, it just doesn't these pack the movies, punch that these No, do. it doesn't. But John Wick with Keanu Reeves, incredible. Every single one. Best performances by Keanu Reeves, arguably ever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, news coming out about John Wick Chapter 4 is that Wesley Snipes is rumored to be in the movie. Oh, man. And he is rumored to come in as a possible villain, a new, how should I say it, blade-wielding villain. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're talking. So it's just rumors. Nothing's confirmed right now, but they are talking, and the rumors also have in there that he is going to use, like, swords as his main weapon. So 
I'm excited. I hope that's true. I love Wesley Snipes. And, yeah, I can't wait for John Wick Chapter 4. Like, none of them are disappointments. First one just blew everyone's mind, though. It was just such a small film that was incredible. Oh, yeah. And, wait, so wasn't, uh, wasn't the finale for the third movie also sword fighting? That it was. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if, it's, if it's as good... Then, as the sword fight from Chapter 3, then I'm all in, man. I, I love Wesley Snipes. He's, like, in my top five favorite action stars of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for this. They always pick really good quality people uh, to be the antagonists in these uh, John Wick films. I think that's one of the biggest strengths of the franchise is that they really don't miss. Like you said, they're all really, mm-hmm. really good movies that, that hold up and you can watch multiple times. Yep. So, hopefully, Wesley Snipes comes in. So, again, just rumored right now, no confirmations. Would be nice, though. Absolutely. All right, side side note, um, while I'm thinking about it, before we get into the rest of the news, um, if, you know, just by chance, we ever decide to uh, have merch... I was thinking about this while I was editing uh, the podcast, and I'm I'm 100% serious when I say this. I'm not. This is not a jab at you or anything. But mm-hmm. if we make T-shirts, <laughs> mm-hmm. the very first T-shirt we need to have is like a little cartoon drawing of you with a little text bubble above it that says "Absolutely." Absolutely. That needs to be a shirt. I do say that a lot, don't I? You you say that that's like that's like your catchphrase, man. That needs to be that that should be a T-shirt, for sure. Hmm. All right, anything else on uh, John Wick Chapter Four? Uh, that's all I got for right now. All right. Um. So more movie news. This has to do with the MCU. Uh, films specifically, as some of you may know, uh, in Phase Four, MCU is starting to branch out and kind of expand the universe beyond our own and uh, introduce a multiverse and all that. But something that I know a lot of, uh, especially more casual uh, Marvel fans might appreciate, uh, is that they're going to be expanding Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know is the fan favorite. Uh, I'm not not really big on that particular comic. I do like comics, but I've never been a huge fan of the Guardians comic books. Just... Nothing against them. They just, uh, I just, there's other things I'd rather read. Um, but supposedly, um, Vin Diesel, the voice of Groot, teased that uh, Groot, the character, is returning to his homeworld, Planet X, in the next film um, that they're coming out with, or or a film that touches on the Guardians. They haven't really confirmed that yet, but that's what Vin Diesel said in the most recent interview they've done with him. Groot being a fan favorite, uh, definitely anytime someone mentions him in an interview, definitely will make the headlines for sure. And um, when at when we asked Groot about how he felt about going home, his response was, I am Groot. Yep. <laughs> so the next bit of movie news we have is about Knives Out 2, which starts filming next week in Greece. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, it also stars Leslie Odom Jr. in it, as well as Daniel Craig. He's going to come back as uh, Benoit Blanc, uh, the the super sleuth detective. Um, and yeah, so it's it's going to start filming in Greece. And it also looks like uh, Netflix has actually just scored rights. Well, it looks like they, they bought the rights back in March. For Knives Out 2 and 3 for an estimated $450 million. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, so they're going to start filming next week. Uh, and the cast includes Catherine Hahn, Edward Norton, Dave Bautista, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet, and Jessica Hennewick. So, very good cast. And that is also with Daniel Craig, of course. Coming back is his character. Uh, but not... Benoit Blanc. So that's exciting. This is interesting because I've I've not looked at the cast yet since uh, before you mentioned it, and uh, Daniel Craig seems to be really the only um, 
consistent factor between both movies as far as we know so far. Now, yeah, in- so that's so this the these films are very much in the style of um, Agatha Christie, mm-hmm. where who. Who's her main one? Pierre? Pierre? Uh, so Poirot is one of them, but then uh, Miss Marple was the other one. But she... So Poirot, this like the one that I always think of is Poirot. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very much in that kind of style where it's the different mysteries and things come up, and Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc is like Poirot, where he's always the one solving it. So he's going to be the one consistent going through everything. But again, this is also another one where if you haven't seen Knives Out, go watch it. Dude, right now. It's incredible. Like it is it is one of my favorite movies of the last ten years. Now I don't I don't buy movies very often, but that's one that I bought. Like mm-hmm. I, I just had to own it, you know. I still like buying my Blu rays, so if they uh if they if they make this into like a Benoit Blanc like trilogy, I am a hundred percent on board for that. That's what they're. It looks like they're doing right now, and Netflix has the rights. So, um, other than that, that is movie news. That was good. Thank you. Uh, I was gonna say one more thing about Knives Out. Um, oh, hang on. We're back with movie news. <laughs> it's not really news. It's just a comment on the film. Comment. Uh, The first movie, Daniel Craig was surrounded by a great cast, not the least of which being Christopher Plummer, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Tony Collette, you know. So it'll be interesting. You know who the best one in that first cast was, though? The best in all of it? Who? Chris Evans. (laughs) He was great. He was really good. Chris Evans was the best person in that movie. He, he did a good job, really kind of uh, getting out of his mold a little bit mm-hmm. with that character, yeah. Um, but yeah, Chris Evans, like, like solid cast, right? And this is nothing against the cast they've announced for the second one. But man, that first cast was, I would say, overall much stronger. I don't um, know about that. The second cast is extremely strong, too. Well, they, okay. They have less award winners, but, I yes. mean, you still have Edward Norton, Dave Bautista, Catherine Hahn. Like, you got a lot of people in there that are very, very good. Leslie Odom Jr. Well, yeah, like I said, this is not a jab at them, but, I mean, like this is this is completely, completely kind of um, like a parallel view, I would say. Um, and the reason why Knives Out worked so well was because all those actors and actresses blended together really well. Mm-hmm. I, it remains to be seen. All I'm saying is it remains to be seen if all these new people will have that same chemistry as the original cast. That's all I'm saying. That's a good point. Okay. I'll buy that. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say about Knives Out. Uh, great movie. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I would say one of my top, probably my top five for 2019. For sure. So good. What else we got? What else have you been doing this week? Oh, well, if you want me to start. Uh, actually, I always want you to start. Actually, I'm just going to talk over you anyway. Just like true. I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, at least you know your role uh, in the well, show. Well, Ben, uh, come on. Let's start talking. Uh, at least you know your role in the show. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just being a jerk right now. <laughs> um, so, this week, uh, I didn't really watch a lot of movies, but I watched some shows. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, honestly, that's the exact same with me. Yeah. Uh, Did you finish Sopranos? Oh, dude, I'm. I we're gonna finish the second season tonight. Uh, out gotcha. of out of out of six, so we're about a third of the way through. Mm. Um, that show is really really freaking good. Um, a uh, little side note for those listening, uh, who may not know this about me, and maybe you don't know this much about me, but, um big uh pastime of mine is uh learning about like serial killers and stuff it's always interested me um my my parents uh recently came home from their their trip down south are they serial killers they they are not um, oh well that's that's disappointing i've met them it, uh, uh, that would have been cool yo dis- i've met the serial disappointing killer. for you maybe <laughs> <laughs> yo have you met the Nolet family yeah, two of them are killers. 
Uh, well, I'm sorry, go on. So they, they, they were telling me about this show that just, uh, not rel- not very new, but relatively new, um, on a network that I, I did not expect it to be on. When they were explaining it, they were like, yeah, there's this new show. It's uh, it's uh, the, the narrator host person is Don- Donnie Wahlberg, and it's it's uh, like an in-depth, like uh, up-to-date, like show about like serial killers, like famous ones, like Manson and Son of Sam and um, BTK and all those. I was like, "Holy crap! That sounds awesome! Like, sounds like ex- the exact kind of show I'd want to watch." Um, I hope it's on Lifetime. <laughs> so, so this freaking show, right? Yeah. So well done, by the way. I, I watched a couple episodes. Very, very well done show. Uh, it's it's on HLN, which. If you don't know what HLN oh. is, it's like a it's like a subsidiary of uh, CNN, I think. Yeah. Uh, they're just news, they're like a news, you know, network, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they, they they like a lot of their shows are like lower budget and kind of they're all right. Like Forensic Files is all right, but not the kind of network you'd expect to have a really quality show about serial killers hosted by Donnie Wahlberg. But here we are. I was really um, hoping you were going to say Lifetime, though. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new Lifetime oh, original man. movie, Serial Killers in Real Life. Yikes. Yeah, that would... Uh, I don't... They're, they're... And there's a whole love story in there about, like, how she loves the way he kills. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be an interesting twist. Um, but that's a good show. I, I definitely recommend it for anyone who's interested. Uh, there's episodes about, like, the Zodiac Killer and... Uh, you know, ton ton of stuff. There's three seasons so far, so plenty to watch. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of that that Sopranos and uh, finishing up Invincible. That's kind of been what I watched, been what I've been watching this week, other than you know the movie that we're going to talk about. So I don't know if I'm going to watch Invincible. I feel I feel burned out from like superheroes at this point, which is something weird coming from me. Well, I, I don't know if it's burned out, but I feel like there's just too much now. So like, I agree with Invincible's you. Invincible is just another one in there. And from what I understand, Invincible is literally just a cartoon version of The Boys. And I already like The Boys. And I don't need to see another version of it. I'm, I'm just going to stick with The Boys. I'm probably not going to watch Invincible. I know people are going to tell me I need to. But I'm not going to. Well, It's the same thing with... Uh, with uh, Oh, uh, what's that meth show? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. People I, tell me I should. I will not. I will not let you die, Rick, before you've seen Breaking Bad. Oh no, I have no urge to watch it. That's the thing. You, you, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. That's where I was with Invincible, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, but then I started watching it, and I was like, this is great. So, so what I have been watching, I actually, because. I just found out that Doctor Who is on HBO Max. Yes, it is. So I only have, I I dropped off after the first season of Peter Capaldi. Okay. Same. Because one, I didn't really care for Peter Capaldi in the first season that he was in, and then it went off everything that I could watch it on. But now with HBO Max, I can watch it again. So I'm watching the second season of Peter Capaldi, and I'm trying to like catch back up with that and they wrote his character so much better in the second season they He's did less, they really did he he was just very unlikable in the first season and then that in his second season they make him they give him a little bit more of like the david Tennant and matt smith whim, whimsy but they keep the stern and seriousness that he had in the first one they just made him more fun though and i feel like that's what i was missing from the doctor was he wasn't fun enough in that first season. So it kind of was like pushing me away. But came back. I'm watching season two of Peter Capaldi right now. Much better. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. Um, so that's really all I've been doing. That and a lot of YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Like, you know how some people watch like TikTok. You know, I, I can't do TikTok. I, me either. But like the only reason why I'm staying away from TikTok is because I already have a very serious problem with YouTube. And I'll, uh, listen, the, the first step on the road to recovery is to admit you have a problem. 
and I have a problem with YouTube. <laughs> I am addicted to YouTube, and that's why I, that needs to be the only thing in my life that really sucks the time out of me. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love I love YouTube. Um, yeah, uh, Doctor Who. I always see that come across my HBO Max, and I'm like, uh, I should start watching that again. But I, love I Doctor think Who. I think the the thing that's going to get me back into it is going back and watching all the episodes I've really liked. David Tennant is still the Doctor. He is still the perfect Doctor in my opinion. Matt Smith did a good job. Peter Capaldi's doing better. But I mean, they have a girl doing it now, so I'm, I'm trying to get to those seasons. But I don't want to just skip ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm gonna miss a lot, but I'm gonna miss things where there's like a lot of nuance in the show. That references prior episodes because of how they change and affect different timelines through their time travels. So, huh? all right. Well, you want to go ahead and get into The Conjuring? Let's uh, let's do it. Let's talk about the ni- uh, third, but actually ninth Conjuring movie. <laughs> That's me being possessed. <laughs> like the little boy. <laughs> I was that just was gonna start going. I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. And I'm like, wait, that's Evil Dead. <laughs> just reference every single horror genre franchise oh, you know. can think of. <laughs> so, well, first things first. Okay, so, a the movie like the other ones are based on real events. I mean, and by based on, I mean they obviously take a lot of liberties with it and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I tried to look up some of those things. Uh, because, you know, it's nice to know what is yeah more liberty taken, such as, so, just to start off, A, I liked the movie, okay? It's, it's not my favorite Conjuring film. I don't even think it's, I don't know, I only suffered, I only ever saw the second one once, but I enjoyed the second one more than I enjoyed this. And I think that there's just something missing in this film. And that's not to say it's a bad movie. It's not a bad movie by any means. I think we're missing what I want to start dubbing the James Wan factor. There was just something missing. It was hitting a lot of the same beats. It was hitting the the same notes and everything that other Conjuring movies have that I've really enjoyed. But I, I think it's the lack of James Wan behind the camera. There's just some subtle there's something subtle there. There's something subtle that builds the tension more. Something he does when he directs is what makes him such a great horror director. Mm. And I feel like it was missing. I can't put my finger on it, but I could clearly tell that this was not directed by him. Um, and I, I think that's probably one of my biggest complaints. Yeah, that's that's fair. I was kind of going into it. I was like, okay, well, this is the third one in a trilogy, right? And and the first two were directed by the same person. And then the only th- the thing I will say though that made me a little more confident going into it was that the director for this one, Michael Ch- Michael, either I, sorry if I mispronounce this. It, it has to be either Chaves or Chavez. One of those. I'm gonna go with Chaves. Michael Chaves. Um he actually had the blessing of James Wan to direct this film. So, so out of all well, the yes, people, that's because I think, isn't Wan, Wan's busy with Aquaman too. Yeah. So that's, well, Wan also like he was one, he, he wrote this movie as well. Like it's still his child, right? Much like yes. uh, a lot of his franchises that he's made over the years, mm-hmm. uh, it's still his child, but he let, he gave it over. He gave the blessing to Michael Chaves and, and Michael Chaves said in an interview that he was terrified. <laughs> he was like, I'm well, taking I mean, over it, for it's, James it's Wan. It's the like, same thing that happened with Saw though. It's the first Saw movie he directed and wrote. Yep. And then as you watch the Saw movies, they lose it. They lose what the first one had. And you might not be able to put your finger on the pulse, but the biggest thing that's connecting and like missing is him behind the camera and him directing. And something about him in this genre of film just boosts everything he does. And that's And I'm not saying that going in there going like all right, James Wan didn't direct this. This isn't going to be good. No, I, 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 it was a very good movie. But it was missing his touch. 
and I, I can't put my finger on what his touch is, but it's there. It's, it's something that you can't see, but it's something that you can notice. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I think I can't quite, um, I can't quite continue your thought because I also don't know what it quite was. However, I will say there's one thing about this movie that's different from all the other, not only Conjuring films, but James Wan films. Mm-hmm. Is that this movie is not only based on supposedly true events, it's based on a court case, right? That's like you can Google, right? Yeah. You can it's it's probably out of all of the conjuring films and all the James Wan films and all the horror films that are based on true events, this is the one that you can probably, I would say, look up the most actual information for. So So with with that, um the, these are some of the things that I actually looked up. Uh, fact versus fiction. One, the the court would refuse to hear him as being possessed by demons because you cannot prove that in a court of law. No, yes. It is something you cannot prove. So that defense was invalid. Two, the witch totems. Yeah, the witch totems that they were finding all over the place, those weren't real. But in fact, they were inspired. So, like, those weren't real, but they were inspired. Um, The burn mark underneath the bed was real. The water bed wasn't, but the burn mark under the bed was real. And they also noticed a bunch of carvings and scratch marks and things like that in the trees just behind their house. So, things like that are, are kind of what inspired a lot of the what actually happened. Um, and then there's also been a lot of controversy over what happened versus what didn't happen. Like, um, recently the kid that went on trial said, it's all fake. None of that's real. And then there's other people that were there that claim it to be real. So there's, there's also this, there's this perception of, do you believe in it or do you not believe in it for the realistic aspect? So I... I was trying to read up on the court case and everything like that, and it's just, depending on whose side you're reading, it's real or it's not real. That's interesting you bring up uh, Arnie Johnson's uh, like current stance on it, because I was watching some behind-the-scenes like interviews <clears throat> for it, and uh, according to Arnie Johnson, last I heard, he's, he still holds to the fact that he was possessed. Like, to this really? day, he still goes with that 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 stance that he was possessed and that's what caused him to kill that man so you know that's i saw something where they were saying that um it, it was all fake so the parents though i don't say parents but like uh there are people involved there were people involved that 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 wrote a book a counter book to what the warrens wrote uh about it saying yeah that that they the Warrens took a lot out of context. They added a lot of crazy details. This didn't actually happen, and a lot of the people involved, uh, supposedly what they what they say, right? They, a lot of them yeah. are saying, yeah, this this definitely wasn't uh, wasn't a possession thing. He just had mental health problems, and so it, it really is like it's about I would say fifty fifty as far as like the people involved what they what they are currently saying like from what i saw it was like half yeah. of them are saying it was a possession half of them are saying no he just actually just killed somebody and whatever so whatever whichever way you want to take it uh something happened with arnie johnson that caused him to do something that had never happened in the history of that town that he lived mm-hmm. in Brookfield, connecticut and that's murder somebody so however you want to look at it it was uh it was a big deal regardless yes. like the the court case was a big deal and i actually knew about this court case a uh, long time ago um way well, yeah because you're from that area i've never heard of this well i'm not from connecticut but i i'm i am like i said i'm a huge horror fan and naturally if you're into horror and and that kind of aesthetic uh, this court case does tend to come up in conversation so i knew about this long time ago that's why i was really excited about this film because uh, this movie combines two of my favorite things, which is horror and American history. So I was kind of excited mm-hmm. to see how they were going to pull this off. And I, I think they did an amicable job. Um, again, it, it's a good movie. It's just, it's got its, it, to me, it's just missing something. 
And again, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. I think it's got something to do with, um, I think James Wan has a little bit more of like this subtlety in his storytelling than this director did. But that subtlety builds tension and intrigue. And that is exactly what you want to build in horror. Yeah, and this uh, this did a good job of, I would say, um, one of the biggest things, sorry, one of the biggest things I wanted to mention was, um, I'm glad that you started with kind of like the fact versus fiction thing, because that's one of the things I immediately went to as soon as I finished watching it. Mm-hmm. So according to what I watched, I watched a pretty extensive video on the Conjuring universe, but also this movie as well. Um, everything leading up to the part where the Warrens start finding the totems was mm-hmm. 90% accurate. Yeah, like they, um, they did the they did the exorcism on the kid. Yep. Arnie actually went up to the kid and said, take me instead. Yep, he did. Like all of that stuff's true. Even up to um even up to the events of the murder itself. Arnie came home, wasn't feeling well, the dude was drunk. Yep. Um now you know, he he does say that he doesn't he doesn't remember it because he blacked out mm-hmm. and he woke up walking down the road. So he has no idea what actually happened in that house. Interesting. That's one of the things I like about, I mean, I mentioned it a l- little bit earlier, but like true crime is it's like something about true crime. Like you can make up, you can make up a crime for a movie, right? Yeah. But there's just something so intriguing about true crime and all the ins and outs and the inner and the intricate workings of the human mind the way it only can work in reality that makes it so fascinating yeah besides the the, the true element of it uh where they started getting into creative liberties with uh you know the the disciples of the ram from the annabelle franchise that's where that origin was fake mm-hmm. completely fake cults yep but yes, um, but very well constructed for a film franchise, and it was kind of cool because this, like I said, this is the ninth film in that universe. How they kind of wrapped everything together from the previous eight films into this film. Um, so that in of itself, like James Wan, like he was, like I said, he wrote this film, and the the continuity that he's created for this universe is astounding. Like, all the little details that if you watch all nine of the Conjuring films, you're just like, oh, well, that that was it, and that, that ties into... and dude, It's, like, so coherent of a franchise. You know, even mm-hmm. if even if all of them aren't great, there's that. You know? Like, they're all really good horror films yeah. with interesting plots, legitimate, you know, horror. It's not... James Wan doesn't solely rely on jump scares. No, and I, I, I think that's that's what makes James Wan such a good direct like horror director is is it's not about the, the jump scare. It's about the tension that builds up to it. That's what's terrifying. It's not the jump scare. And I feel like I feel like this was missing that part of it. It was missing the tension that built up to the jump scares. Like you mentioned the conjuring too. I think of yeah. all I think of all the movies in the entire Conjuring universe, The Conjuring mm-hmm. Two had the most tension of pretty much most horror films that have ever been made. Yep, the tension oh, was also, insane. If you watch that, again, I've only watched that movie once, and it was in theaters. And going through the whole movie, while in theaters, I was sitting there. I was and I leaned over to my friend who I was watching it with, and I was like. Did you see the the blocks in the background? And he goes, no. And I said, they spelt out V-A-L-E-C-K. And then we start, like, I pointed that out to him. And then we started noticing Valak starting, like, the name Valak showing up all over the place in the background. So it's just, like, little subliminal things like that. So good. He's so good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, it was a, it was a good movie. I want to put it in like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. There was just, I feel like there was a lot of it that was a little bit more predictable than I wanted it to be. Especially the jump scares. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, the jump scares. Every single one. 
the the priest's spoiler alert the priest's daughter who is the one that's the problem the one that's like doing all this witchcraft in the basement of the priest's house it's like kind of saw that coming it's it, I wasn't really ever surprised during this movie. And I think the best points of horror in it were the very beginning with that exorcism. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was classic. Uh, oh, dude. Um, speaking of exorcism, the very beginning when the, the, the priest shows up in the police car, he's standing outside the house. That's like a as direct of a reference to the original to exorcist, the exorcist that you could have and i loved it as soon as i saw oh. it I was like that shot yeah i might have, i might have rolled my eyes at that really yeah i love it when they reference like like the classic you know like uh gatekeep gatekeeper is. no <laughs> but it's but it's, movie, though. it's a nice nod it's a nice nod listen it's a nod yeah, I, to I, the I rolled penultimate my eyes at that because film. i feel like that's what every single movie with ghosts and an exorcist aims for is that specific shot and it's like can we get original again what made that shot so good was back in the 70s when no one saw it before i mean that's a good i've point. seen it before give me something better i don't know i thought and it was I'm, i thought it was fun a fun yeah, way to start i don't the movie. know i'm all for referencing things but like i like originality too no, I'm with you, and that's going to tie into uh, that's going to tie heavily into my uh, rating of this film. But um, you mentioned the priest, uh, priest's daughter, being involved in the cult, being predictable. I honestly, going into it, I I thought that it was going to be the priest himself, because when the Warrens went to his basement and he had all that crap, and it, it was kind of like their it was kind of like their house where they stored all the mm-hmm. the things that they had captured over the years. Well, I uh, knew he was involved somehow. I, I can't say that I knew it was his daughter because we didn't know he had a daughter at, the yeah. point, at this point. But as soon as he's like, it's my daughter, I, I that might have been another eye roll. So that's interesting because I kind of take the opposite stance. And the way I looked at it was if, like, listen, like I said, when they, when they got to the point where the Warrens started investigating the murder... That's kind of where the creative liberty of the writers and directors began. Yeah, and I, I guess that's like like where their big creative liberties were taken. Like after, like the investigation and them going off and like finding this witch thing, which is not true. None of that's true. Like when they went off script into their own world, I guess that was the stuff that didn't captivate me. The first, the first twenty minutes of this film before that happened completely captivated and then they started going off this track and it it, to me it felt more and more cliche than Mm. the other ones were so while i understand your complaint with the cliche because i've watched a lot of horror films i will say i've seen so many films you know based on true events right and the creative liberties they take with it just are not good and i thought that the concept of tying it back to annabelle uh, disciples of the Ram, this this former priest um, who understands the occult, um, whose daughter is a part of it, but he, he's not strong enough to fight her. I thought if you're going to take creative liberties with something, that was actually a pretty good route to take. And I, I thought that was actually really a really cool creative liberty to keep the plot going. I actually enjoyed that a lot. Now, <laughs> the uh, the daughter of the, the daughter of Kastner... The way she would like uh, teleport, right, from place to place. That I was kind of fifty-fifty on that. I was like, uh, you had me until she did that, and then it was like, mm, but I let it go. But for the most part, I thought, you know, I thought it was interesting. I like, dude, can we, can we, can we segue into the cast of this movie? Freaking, yeah. freaking, uh, John Noble. As Kastner, the the former priest who studied the Disciples of the Ram. Oh, man, I love him as an actor. I don't, I could not name another thing he's been in, but he looks familiar. I saw him, uh, I know I really should go back and watch a lot more of his stuff, but what I know him from is Fringe. Okay. Uh, I know him from Fringe, which was a great, great sci-fi show that was made a while ago. Um, 
definitely worth watching if if you're if you, if you're ready for a commitment. Um, but supposedly, you know, he was also in uh, Lord of the Rings. He was one of the orcs, I believe. Or hang on. Okay. Uh, let, let me look up his character exactly. And I'll tell you. Uh, he played. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm. What am I thinking? He's not an orc. He was. Uh, he was one of. He was that evil. Uh, he was that evil king. Uh, when when the when some of the hobbits went to visit him, he treated him like crap. I believe, I, if I remember correctly. Now he was. He had a. He had a pretty. I don't say major role in uh, that franchise, but he definitely played a, a big big part in the Return of the King. That that was interesting. So I I didn't. I forgot he was in that. Um, he just looks so old. Like he's an, he's an older guy, but they made him look ancient in that movie. Um, <clears throat> other stuff he's been in. A lot of TV shows. He's he's kind of known for TV shows. Uh, but yeah, Fringe. Right. Fringe was the big one. Fringe was the okay. one where he really had a lot of screen time. But right. Yeah, he, but he anyways, did a great job about with him. That. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, really, I, as far as I can remember, the casting across the board was really solid. Like there really weren't any, as far as I can remember, uh, really any weak points in yeah, the acting. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, it, casting was solid and like. Everybody did their part very good. That's that's uh, one of the things that tends to be a common thread in horror films is, like, even if they get really good people to play, like, some of the main characters, uh, just some of the background people just kind of miss the mark, you know? Mm-hmm. But that, I, I would say, like, if, if they didn't take the casting as seriously as they did for this movie, it, it wouldn't have been as good. Not even close. So that... That was definitely a big plus for me. I'm always a big casting guy, so I yeah. enjoyed that. So that's all the that's all the positive uh, notes that I have for this film. Gotcha. So I mean, it, it's a solid film. That's my positive. It's a solid film. It's to me, it's just nothing special. Which absolutely, I, feel like I agree. The first Conjuring was something special. Hmm. Barry. As well as I felt a little bit of the same magic from the second one. I did not feel that here. And so to me, it's just another horror movie. And I feel like if this movie wasn't called The Conjuring, it would get lost in the shuffle. It would get lost with uh, uh, A Haunting in Connecticut, which is also based off of one of their, which is also based off a Warren thing, like one of their investigations. But that movie's, that movie's just average the problem the biggest problem with that movie wasn't that it was wasn't just an average horror film because that's forgivable i guess but the fact that out of all the cases that the warrens did that's the Mm -hmm. most disputed like out of all the ones that they've made a film on or what they've done if you look at all of them that's the one where there's the least amount of solid evidence to back it up yeah so that's unfortunate, but that's just kind of where we're at. This movie had a very strong backbone of that historical element, you know? Yeah, it did. So that was that was really solid. Uh, <clears throat> really, the biggest negative <clears throat> that I can think of is that, um, like we kind of touched on earlier, a lot of the, well, I would say all of the jump scares were very predictable. And honestly, weren't even that great right they weren't even that scary yeah and again like the most horrifying part of this movie for me was probably the first 20 minutes up until arnie got arrested those were the most horrifying moments in this movie for me because i i I felt like they were it was grounded in something that like would would actually happen and then after that it, it it went into a direction that i feel like is something that was it felt retreaded. We've already mm. gone over the witch thing. We we did that in the first one and everything. It it just feels like a retread. Like they couldn't come up with something to flush out this movie. I know it's kind of a dis- disappointing uh disappointing quote unquote finale to the uh franchise of the conjuring. But I will say they could well, have done, done worse. I don't know if it's the end of the franchise. There's so many stories they could easily do a conjuring for. Well, I feel like they're gonna keep this as like a trilogy and then kinda expand instead of just making more conjuring films. Call it something else. 
Um, which they kind of like. I, I mean, know, they've like, already done that. Uh, and, ever hear of Amityville Horror? Well, yeah, but that's that's uh, well, the original was good. The remake wasn't that great, but poor Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I kind of hope that that like the Conjuring name. Like, I feel like at this point, uh, it's just from a production standpoint. I feel like James Wan. Mm-hmm needs to tell Blumhouse like all right we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna expand it but we're gonna call it something else because uh it's too easy in film to lean on a name you know let, let me tell you this they're never gonna get rid of that name because that name rakes in money no that's what I'm saying that's that's the that's the thing is I know James Wan is smarter than that and uh, uh, I, don't I don't think he don't... wants this I don't think he wants The Conjuring to be another Saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where there's like eight of them, nine of them, ten of them, twelve of them. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if you look at Saw, I mean, we're already up to nine Conjurings. But if you look at Saw, look at the money that each Saw brought in. And to the point where they're doing another one. They just released another one called Spiral. Yeah, I heard that one wasn't so good. I haven't watched it yet. I'm not but. saying it's good or not. I'm saying that it rakes in money and James Wan gets a paycheck from all of them. Well, and the ones that he's a part of, I know, like uh, a lot of the spinoffs for Saw, he, they were he, not. He's him. still probably collecting a paycheck for what the name, um, the concept and the ideas. That's, that's true for the intellectual rights. So, I don't think they're ever going to change the name of the Conjuring because it's it's too iconic right now. Hmm. So, anyways, Ben, what would you rate this movie? So, uh, before I get my rating, I'll just go ahead and let you know what the uh, scariest part of the film was for me. Oh, yes, go. That was the uh, crawl space she had to go into to find the uh, totem under the house, because I hate cobwebs (laughs) and spiders. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, to to branch off that real quick, okay? I'm watching the movie, and she goes, the guest bedroom's to the right, or like to the left, and about 15 feet in. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why is your guest bedroom in a crawl space? I didn't understand that she was trying to get underneath the guest bedroom at first. So I was just like, wait a second, what? Uh, I figured it out. Don't worry. I did figure it out eventually. He's like, good. oh. Good. Yeah, but I, at first I, I was like, that's a weird place for a guest room. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I have... Uh... There was a point in time in my life when we lived in a house that had a crawl space. And that oh, is yeah, where that crawl space is where I developed arachnophobia. Yeah. So I have arachnophobia now. But uh but yeah, other than that, um I think this film was, was really good. Uh, I think it's another win. Definitely not a definitely not an L for the conjuring universe. Um I did not think it was better than the first conjuring, which I believe last time i remember i like thought about a rating for it gave it about an eight out of ten uh so because i i said that this is definitely not better than that i think i'm gonna go with a 7.5 slightly above average horror film uh for the most part um you know like i said i I, i've watched quite a few so like uh it's 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 kind of hard to impress me with a horror film Mm -hmm. i've seen so many that that giving any horror film like over an eight out of ten is very rare and is a, something that I save only for films that are really awesome, creative, and uh, original. And I feel like this franchise, you know, because it because it's based off actual people and you know events that they've recorded, can only go so far with that. So I feel like the best. The best one for me was the first one, eight out of ten. This one, easily seven and a half out of ten. Not a bad movie, but definitely not the strongest of the franchise. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you on that. It's not the best in the. It's definitely not the worst horror movie I've ever seen, but it's also definitely not the best. Um, honestly, I would give the first Conjuring movie closer to like probably a nine or something, um, but. This one I would, this one, I would rank this a solid. Okay, this is not any knock on it, mm-hmm. but I would give it a. Uh, it was a good movie. It was entertaining. Rolled my eyes a few times, so I'd probably give it like a. a, a 
6.3 haunted houses out of 10. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll give it I'll give it seven and a half witch totems out of 10. How about that? Oh, right. That's good. All right. So, now that we got all that out of the way, let's play let's play our stupid little games that aren't really games. They're just ways for me to like torture me. <laughs> try to mess with you. Okay. <laughs> So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Conjuring movies. There's eight of them, it looks like. You said you've seen them all. Yeah, I think there were nine. I might not be able to count. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight. You are lying to me this including whole this time. One? There's only eight. Including this one. Yes, eight. There's going to be another one. Oh, so the 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 the, uh, the like tall lanky dude one. Wait, so oh the crooked man from the second one, yeah, but yeah, that's gonna um, be number nine. Okay, so I don't know if this is if this is as accurate as your list, but I looked up earlier. I looked up the the nine, and the one that stood out to me, and I don't know if maybe your list doesn't say that. I don't know what you're going with. Oh, this. never mind, just never talk. mind, never mind. I, I'm wrong. Okay. You're right. I should have just gone with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways all right. there's eight. eight of them eight of them yes now your job here okay i'm looking at rotten tomatoes your job here is i'm not talking audience scores but i want you to rank these in order from worst to best according to the critic score on rotten tomatoes Ooh. all right mind, mind if i mind if i type type out my list in a, uh, for a sec yeah, go for it. So I'm trying to think. So it's eight. Okay, so eight, number eight, and then... Uh, so critic score, right? Critic score. All right. Um, I, the, I'm number eight, I'm torn on. Mm, I mean, let's... I, I, won't, I won't be too anal about it, just to keep, keep it moving, but... All right. Okay, so from eight to one. Uh, this is really just really quick off the top of my head. I wrote this out. Oh. Okay. Uh, all right. So it's tough because some of this is prejudiced. Obviously, like I'm I'm kind and, of rating yeah, these. Yeah, you, you give me your list and I will of, compare uh, them. But based off of what you said, critic score, and yes. you know I do sometimes pay attention to that. So let's see how I do. I'm gonna go with number eight. This is where I was torn. But I think number eight is the nun. Okay. All right. Uh, seven. The Curse of La Llorona. That movie was almost universally panned by the critics, even though it was uh, one of my favorite in the franchise. Um, six. Annabelle Comes Home, the third one. Uh, five. The Conjuring Three. Uh, four. Uh, Annabelle, first one. Three, Annabelle two. Two, The Conjuring uh, two. Annabelle two. What what was the name of that one? Uh, Annabelle. Oh, it's Annabelle. Uh, Creation or something. Okay. Like that. Um. Gotcha. Number two, The Conjuring two, and then number one, The Conjuring one. All right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, based off of. I know I'm going to be wrong on some of them, but based off of what I remember from critics, uh, that's I feel like that's pretty close to where they stack up. I want you to know this. So the Conjuring movies are one of the very weird movies, okay? They're very weird in the aspect of the Rotten score and the critic score tend to be very, very similar. Hmm. Okay. I mean, the critics' score and the fan score tend to be very, very similar. Yeah. There's only one where there's a big discrepancy of more than ten, of more than ten points. Can I guess that? Can I guess that too? Yes, if you want. Was you that? Wanna... Yeah, go for it. Was that the Curse of La Llorona? Uh, no, it was not. Ah, dang it. So, all right. Well, Ben, here we go. Counting down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number eight, the worst reviewed movie for all of the Conjuring series is The Nun, which Woo! you got correct. Nice. 
And the nun has a 24% okay, of rotten score and a 34 critic score. Like I said, there's only one that is a 10 that is bigger than a 10 point difference. And all these are very similar. Number seven is The Curse of La Lorana. I think okay. that's how you say that. La, La you got that one right too. No, I didn't. I said that was. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah you I did. did. I did. You did. Yep. What would you think that the fan score on that one is? Fan score on Curse of La Llorona? Yes. Oh, like 42. All right. Well, the Curse of La Llorona, or however you say it, is 28% critic. Wow. 28% critic, and it's a 36% fan. Okay. Not too far off. No. So you got those right. The next one is Annabelle, which you got wrong. Oh, the first Annabelle is number six? First Annabelle is number six. So you got that one wrong. Huh. And that one ranked. Um, Rotten score was a 29. And uh, fan was a 35. Huh. All right. Okay. Interesting. Because usually the way horror trilogies work, just based off critic score, usually the first one does better than the sequels. But that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst Annabelle movie. Hmm. Now, next one we have here, okay? All right. This is going to be the biggest differential that we have, okay? Mm-hmm. The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. You got that one right. Yeah, all right. What do you think the difference is between the Rotten score and the fan score? You said it's greater than 10, right? It is so going based off of how this list is going, we're moving up in the rankings. And going based off the critic score of the last movie, I'm going to say that uh, the the critics gave it uh, uh, 29 and the fans gave it uh, 45. All right. Well, you're wrong on both accounts and not okay. close. Oh. This does have a 28-point differential between the critic oh, wow. and the fan. It's the only one that's that it's that big. And the critics gave it a 56, and fans gave it an 84. Wow. Fans liked yes. it. Okay. Yes, they did. Number four, you also got wrong, which yeah, is Annabelle Comes Home, because you put that at number six. So I literally switched those. <laughs> yeah, you switched the two. <laughs> okay. Um, Annabelle Comes Home has a 65 critic and a 70 audience. Yeah, I heard that was. I heard the the third one was actually really really oh, well done. That, I gotta go back and watch it. It also stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as well. Yep, it does. I didn't know they were in that one. Huh. All right. And I'm just gonna let you know you got the last three spot on. You only Ooh. missed two. Wow. Number three is Annabelle Creation. Yep. Um, and that one's got a 71% critic, with a 67% fan. Oh, wow. So the fans did not like that as much as the critics did. And the next one is The Conjuring 2, which critics and fans are only one point different on this one. Critics liked it. Critics gave it an 80%, and fans gave it an 81 And the greatest Conjuring movie of all time is the original The Conjuring, where you also got that one right. Yep. Critics that was gave easy. it an 86. Fans gave it an 83. That one was easy. That one I knew I was going to get right. But, man, I... I'm surprised fans gave that an 83. I thought it would be higher. See, that's the thing about horror films, man. Unless they're, like, super, like, original and, and like, creative, they they don't usually break that, that 8 out of 10 mark, you know? But, yeah, man, wow, okay. I guess I do know my horror films, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, you did a good job there. Whew. So again, please like, comment, and subscribe on any platform that you listen to us. Uh, if you're trying to get a hold of us, we have a Facebook page. Um, it is Two Guys Podcasts, and uh, our website's on there. You can find all the deets on anything there that we're doing, or you can find anything we're doing. Uh, ben, take it away. 
Uh, yeah, last week uh, we we reviewed the first ever fan uh, requested film, Jungle, and that was really good. So we look forward to hearing more from you guys. What you want to listen to, uh, uh, us review, and uh, we look forward to watching more of your requests. Uh, so far, the fans are batting a thousand with uh, their suggestions. So see if that keeps going. Feel free to drop us a line on Facebook. Uh, let us know what you thought of this movie. If you watched The Conjuring 3, uh, it's on HBO Max. If you don't know where to find it, uh, let us know what you thought. Give us your ratings, some thoughts, and uh, we'll. if you do, we will make sure to mention those on the next episode. Yep, absolutely. And also, just remember, it doesn't have to be a good movie you request. Maybe you want to torture us and make us watch something god-awful. Like The Room. The Room. Oh, God. But that's god-awful in a good way, where it's funny. Well, that's just, like, inspiration. Like, maybe I'll say The Room, and the audience will think of some other horrible movie. He's always happy when he sees Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, anyways. So, again, leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, share us with your friends, family, enemies. We don't care. Just share us. Thank you so much, and toodaloo. Bye.